What's going on here? Resistance is futile. This, indeed, you are powerful. Is it's in my hand? Fan effect. Well, we reached the uh, first weekend. Hi, we reached the first weekend. <laughs> You know, you look around at these cameras, it's what happens. I got it's, you. Yeah. It's December now, all right? It's time to start watching those holiday. We said time to start. I started a couple weeks ago. I started a couple we months have so ago. Many, we have so many we want to watch, and that's why we have to weed them out. That's right. Joining us now is Andy Farnsworth, host of KSL News Radio's The Movie Show, every Friday from 9 to noon, and then he races over here to be on our show. Andy, uh, yeah, we've yeah, already started them. I'm going to pile on them. to your list. Okay. There's so much. There's a couple of good Christmas ones this week, too, and some ones? other ones. Uh, yeah, well, okay. no, they're more like family comedies. Okay, well, I can take You're those. You're okay with those, too. That's good. <laughs> All right, but we've got quite a wide variety of options to watch this week, including some of those Christmas-related films. Films, but some action, some comedy, even another concert movie. But let's start with the movie hitting the largest number of theaters, the unique action movie Silent Night. Now, Silent Night is from acclaimed action director John Woo, who's best known among American audiences for his 1990s films like Face Off, Broken Arrow, and Mission Impossible 2. Silent Night stars, it starts off with a wild-eyed Joel Kinnaman chasing after some gangbangers who are having a shootout with each other driving through the streets of California. Kinnaman's character Brian ends up getting shot in the throat and losing his ability to speak. His desire for revenge and to murder all the people responsible for his situation on the one-year anniversary of his tragedy, though, becomes his sole focus as he trains himself in combat and stalks his targets. Now, what makes Silent Night unique is that there is no dialogue from any of the actors the entire movie. It's all told through context cues, text messages, writing on things, and angry glares. One thing about John Woo, however, is that he does know how to create some compelling and visually interesting action sequences. I actually liked the idea behind what they were going for by not having any dialogue, but honestly, it felt like I was watching the silent version of Marvel's The Punisher, comic book character, if you're familiar with who that is, only missing the big skull on his chest. Silent Silent Night's rated R for violence, but not for language. <laughs> it's playing only in theaters. The movie that's expected to battle it out for the top spot is another concert film. This one from Beyonce Knowles called Renaissance, a film by Beyonce. It's obviously hoping to tap into the appetite to see a concert in a movie theater that moviegoers showed with Taylor Swift's The Eras Tour last couple of months. But unlike Swift's movie, which was only concert footage, Renaissance is also a documentary that takes you behind the scenes with, is it Queen Bay or Queen Bee? Ooh. It's Queen B. It's I know it's always Queen B. Why, but it's Beyonce. That's yeah. right. So that's anyway. Anyway, behind the scenes with the Queen herself as she plans the album and the tour. You'll also see her husband Jay Z, her kids, and some other famous faces. Uh, they did not screen this for critics, so I did not get to see it. And while tickets haven't sold at quite the rate of Taylor Swift's concert movie did, it is still doing really well and could make over twenty million dollars this weekend. Renaissance, a film by Beyonce, is two hours and forty-eight minutes long, but it's a concert. It's not rated, but it is only in theaters. The next item opening in theaters today is from Angel Studios, the people who made Sound of Freedom and The Chosen. This new movie is called The Shift, and it has a science fiction look along with a dystopian future vibe that seems so popular these days. The Shift follows a man named Kevin, played by Christopher Palaha, who wakes up from a car crash to find himself on what appears to be a dystopian version of Earth. A mysterious figure called the Benefactor, played wonderfully by Yellowstone's Neil McDonough, tells Kevin that he has the power to shift Kevin back to the version of Earth that he's from, but Kevin will have to work for the Benefactor. Kevin rejects the offer and thus has to fight to find a way back to his wife, played by the Chosen's Elizabeth Tabish. Now, the shift is trying to tell a version of the story of Job from the Old Testament, but somewhere in the attempts to create parallels to the biblical story, 
I thought it got very confusing. When the movie finally got to the resolution, the story became a little more clear, but it wasn't that clear along the way. I almost wish they had just told it as more of a straight-up sci-fi story and allowed the audience to recognize the biblical parallels, which is how the trailer makes the movie look. But the full-length film leans entirely into its Christian message, and, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying there's nothing subtle about it, and it is much more of a religious film than a sci-fi film. I did like the idea behind the movie, and I am a fan of the message. I just thought the execution was rough. The shift is rated PG-13 and is only in theaters. Now, our final theatrical release of the week, Godzilla Minus One, will appeal to a bit more of a narrow audience, but it did make for a pretty amazing theatrical experience. This version of Godzilla is not the one that fights with King Kong or is involved in any way with the Apple TV Plus series. This is the original Japanese studio doing a retelling of Godzilla's origin set in post-World War II Japan. This kaiju, or giant monster, who looks like a T-Rex with a stegosaurus spine, wreaks destructive havoc every time he surfaces. No longer is Godzilla a dude in a dragon suit smashing around tiny model buildings. This version of Godzilla is actually quite terrifying, and it's a force of nature that the humans on the ground really have no way of stopping. What makes Godzilla Minus One work beyond just the amazing visual effects, though, is the touching story involving all the people trying to defend Japan from this massive, powerful being. The movie's not just roars and explosions, by the way, and it's those tiny, relatable human moments that actually elevate this. It was also the first time I've ever watched a movie in those moving D-Box seats. And let me tell you, that intensified the experience by a factor of 10. Totally worth the extra cost if you're going to see Godzilla. Watch it in the D-Box seats. Godzilla Minus One is rated PG-13, but it is pretty intense. My 10-year-old son almost asked if we could leave because it was getting him scared. It's also worth noting that the movie is all in Japanese with English subtitles. But if you want an awesome theatrical experience, give Godzilla Minus One a chance. Now over to streaming. We have a movie debuting on Netflix that will likely get a few Oscar nominations. It's called May, December, and it stars Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore. You remember the big tabloid story in the 90s about that teacher who went to prison after having an affair with her seventh grade student that produced a baby? Well, this is a fictional version of that story, but set 20-something years after the scandal. Natalie Portman plays a Hollywood actress who goes to the town where that couple, here named Gracie and Joe, live. Uh, Portman's there to prepare to play the role of Gracie in a TV movie about this affair. The movie is definitely uncomfortable many times, but it also brings up some fascinating questions, and it does a good job of leaving you unsure of each person's state of mind and their motivations. If the Mary Kay Letourneau story was interesting to you all those years ago, this movie is probably something you'll want to see. You get some pretty amazing acting performances in this film, but word of warning, it's got some pretty adult content in it too. Again, it's called May, December, and it's on Netflix. Now, onto a much more family-friendly movie on Netflix, and that one's uh, it's perfectly timed with Christmas. Family Switch stars Jennifer Garner and Ed Helms as the parents of two high schoolers and a baby. When a once-in-a-lifetime planetary alignment happens, family members all end up switching bodies with each other, a la Freaky Friday and so many other movies. Now, this one isn't completely unique, but having the whole family switch places, including the baby with the dog, does give it a bit of a freshening up and some fun. If you've seen body swap movies before, very little of this will surprise you, but I thought it was fun, and my kids enjoyed watching it too. Family Switch is on Netflix. Another streaming Christmas comedy for the whole family comes to us from Eddie Murphy, if you can believe it. Candy Cane Lane is a fun little movie that has Murphy and Tracy Ellis Ross living on a street in California that's famous for everyone going all out with the Christmas decorations each year. But this year, the stakes are higher when Murphy loses his job and everyone finds out that the winner of the decorating contest this time gets $100,000. So when Murphy finds a pop-up Christmas store that has just what he's looking for, he signs for the decorations without reading the fine print. 
And that usually comes back to bite you. This was another movie I enjoyed for the humor and Christmas spirit. It's kind of like Jumanji Christmas, but Candy Cane Lane is streaming on Prime Video. And finally, something non-Christmassy but still new, a comedy series on Max from Chuck Lorre, the guy who made Big Bang Theory and Two and a Half Men. This one's called Bookie, and it stars comedian Sebastian Maniscalco as Danny, a guy in California who runs his own illegal sports betting service with his sister. He's also not very good at collecting on his debts, but when California considers legalizing sports betting, that means it could be the end for his source of income. Bookie actually kind of feels like Curb Your Enthusiasm in many ways. It's definitely funny at times, but also very crude. And there's a hilarious Utah reference that just comes out of nowhere in the second episode. But new episodes stream each week on Max. Now, I know that's a lot of stuff. But don't worry, everybody. You'll get some time to catch your breath and get all caught up on the recent releases in the next couple of weeks as Hollywood slows down their schedule a bit. So, I saw the Hunger Games movie. Yeah? Great. Really good. I like, liked it. It was, it was long, and yet my wife, who hates long movies, she goes, wasn't it great? Oh, there you go. That there could have go. been split into two movies. I, I think it would have worked. I end up seeing Trolls. Yeah? Eh. <laughs> it didn't make much money either. Like, it didn't I, have memorable songs. I know why. I want my money back. But you got to see in sync in troll form. <laughs> anyway, um, good suggestions. Yeah, it's a lot. Thanks, I know. Andy. I want to see the body switch one, the, the family, family one. switch. Well, this yeah, weekend we're going to watch a lot because yeah. the snow is going to keep us inside. I know, That's we're all, all. going to be watching movies. Andy, thank yeah. you. Hey, thanks for watching. I hope you and your family found this review helpful, and I invite you to check out my other in-depth reviews of movies and streaming TV shows on ksltv.com. I'll see you there.